This morning we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, and, and I know we've talked about in the past, I typically don't uh, preach on a holiday season uh, message. Uh, a lot of reason for that is because if we listen to TV or we listen to radios or we attend a church service, we normally get a message about the holiday season. And I believe that there is more to God's holy word during the holidays than just a holiday message. And I say all this to say that this morning we're sort of going to be looking at a holiday message. Just five short days ago, we entered into a new year. 2020, also into a new decade, which, which is kind of crazy if you really think about it, because many of us are old enough to have lived through many decades. And there are a few that haven't lived through as many decades. But we're entering into a new time. We know January 1st was the birth or the start of the new year. And, and in doing that, a lot of people typically make re resolutions. This morning, we're going to be looking in the book of Isaiah, chapter 19. And we're going to be looking at just three little, little verses, 19, 20, and 21 this morning. And we're going to be talking about a passage that Isaiah speaks of a time when Egypt will know the Lord and worship Him. Not only would they worship the Lord, they will make a vow or a resolution to Him and then keep it. Isaiah chapter 19, beginning in verse 19, In that day shall there be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar at the border thereof to the Lord. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness unto the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they shall cry unto the Lord because of the oppressors, and shall send them a Savior, and he shall send them a Savior and a great one, and he shall deliver them. And the Lord shall be known to Egypt, and the Egyptians shall know the Lord in that day, and shall do sacrifice and oblation. Yeah, they shall vow a vow. They, they shall make a resolution unto the Lord, and then perform it or keep it. So note the reason for their making and keeping this vow. It's, it's in verse 20, and it shall, it shall be a sign. First and foremost, it shall be a sign and a witness. Of what? Of what? It shall be a sign and a witness that the Lord will send them a Savior, a great one, and He shall deliver them. Every Christian is a recipient of God's grace and mercy. Therefore, I believe we ought to make vows to God and keep them. I say this carefully because many of us have made resolutions in the past and we have failed to keep them. Many of us, and I, and I say many of us, I, I can really only talk about myself, have made vows in the past and failed because I tried to do it on my own power. I believe we should make vows to God, to, to the Father. And I believe we should keep them, but it, it's not necessarily our power that keeps them. As, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, we know that Philippians 4.13 4, says, I can do all things. Okay? Normally people stop right there. They say, I can do all things. And, and then they go on and, and then they use the Lord's name in vain. In my personal opinion, they use the Lord's name in vain because they say, I can do all things through Christ. And then they'll stop. But 
there's part in there that most people don't realize. It's that part where it says, I can do all things through Christ. For you to be able to do things through Christ means that Christ has to live in you. He has to work through you so that you can do the things that you want to do. And I say this carefully because it's not a, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's I'm going to do what God wants me to do. So when we make a resolution, we make a vow and we make it to God and we expect God to work through us to keep that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is Christ's power. It is Christ's will. It is Christ doing all the work. It is us being willing. It is us being open. It is us being humbled. And here's a big hard word. It is us being humbled enough to know that it's not our power. It's Christ working through us. And, and so anyway, to get on with the story, here are some timely vows or resolutions that, that we can make today. These, these are some, and, and I'm going to use the word I, which is a singular word, and it's normally talking about me, myself. Well, here in this passage, these are some of the vows. These are some of the resolutions I personally made. But I can tell you these are some of the vows that my wife has made. I know these are some of the vows that we could all make. And I know, and I know according to Scripture, that these are some of the vows that God would want us to make. First vow, I will endeavor to better understand three things about the Bible. The first thing. I will accept it as the Word of God. I will accept it as the Word of God. Not only is it the Word of God, it's inspired. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this is the part that, that I love the most. Because there's a reason why God gave us His Word. There's a reason why God inspired His Word. And it is it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. So God inspired His Holy Word, gave us His Word, so that we would know how to live right. Sort of like when you buy a new car. You buy a new car, especially nowadays, all these bells and whistles that you can get in a car, if you've never had one, you don't have a clue what you're doing, they give you this thing that's called an owner's manual. Well, by, by God's grace, He gave us an owner's manual. It's inspired. He gave it to us. Why? Because He wanted us to know what He has in store for us. He wanted us to know what is what our life should be. He wanted us to know the bells and whistles of ourselves, but not only of ourselves, He mostly wanted us to know about Him. His grace and His mercy. So I will accept God's Word as the inspired Word of God. I will accept it as my light and my God. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When we are not walking with God and we are not following God's word, the Bible tells us that we are walking in darkness. 1 John chapter 1, I won't even get into, I won't ask you to turn to it, but 1 John chapter 1, it talks about that when we're not walking with God, that we're walking in darkness. If we say we walk with God, but yet walk in darkness, we make Him a liar. Because He tells us that if we're not walking with Him, that we are walking in darkness. We know what that darkness is. If you've never been born again, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you know what that darkness is. It's living a sinful life. It's living a life where the only thing you can think of is pleasure in yourself. It's a prideful life. These are the things that are in the darkness. But when you start to walk in the light, as He is in the light, 
You begin to do the things that He would have you to do. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will keep you from walking in darkness. He will keep you from stumbling your feet. He will keep you from falling into sin if you walk with Him and use His Word as light. Another one is, I shall keep my mind, I shall keep in mind the fact that one day I will be judged by the Gospel. This is a tricky one. This is a scary one to some. But to some, it's not so scary. It says, I will be judged by the Gospel. You understand that at one point in life, we're all going to die. We're all going to stand before God. Christian, non-Christian, believer, non-believer, Jew, Gentile, everybody that's ever taken a breath here on this earth will stand before God one day in judgment. Now I say this, we will all stand before God in judgment, but the difference will be for a Christian, we will stand before God as Jesus is our lawyer, so to speak, as our propitiation, as our covering. And He will stand before the Father and He said, this is my child. And we won't have to worry about the sins that we had committed. We won't have to worry about all that evil deed that we had done. Because we will be covered. We will be covered up with the blood, the righteousness of Jesus Christ Himself. But for those who have never accepted Christ as their Savior, they're going to stand before an Almighty Judge and they're not going to have have God or Jesus as their advocate and they're going to stand before Him and He's going to say, why? You had the opportunity. You chose not to do it. And I'm talking about the opportunity accepting Jesus as your Savior. And you chose not to do it. Therefore, the only sentence I can give you is the sentence of hell. Eternal torment. We shall all stand and we'll be judged by the gospel. Romans 2.16 says, In that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And again in 1 Corinthians 3.13. This is the verse that, that says that even Christians will stand before God in judgment. 1 Corinthians 3.13-15 says that everything we do will be judged. Every man's work shall be made manifest or judged. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved. That is three things that I will do when it comes to my relationship with the Lord. The second one, I shall endeavor to remember three things about the church. What time? It was purchased. The first thing is it was purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And thus, I will respect it. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Acts 20.28 says, Which He has purchased. With his own blood. You see, the church, what we call the church today, the, the building, the, the brick and mortar, as we like to say it, the brick and mortar building that, that the world calls the church is not the church. No. The church is the men and women who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's the ones that's been blood-bought, born again. That is the church. And here's the thing. We know according to Scripture because we've read the account of where Jesus hung on a cross, shed His blood, hung on a cross, gave His life so that we could be bought, adopted into the body of Christ, into the family of God. He bought the church with His own precious blood. The second thing about the church is that it's a divine institution and thus I will honor it. Matthew 16, 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall prevail against it. Shall, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Excuse me. Jesus instituted the church. He protects the church. He is the head of the church. Colossians 1, 18. See, it's all about Jesus. The church is about Jesus. It's not about the brick and mortar building we sit in. It's not about, I'm going to get on somebody's toes. It's not about a denomination. I don't care. I don't don't care what denomination you are. And I'm not going to name them, but I don't care. If you are a blood-bought, born-again, if we can agree that Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin debt, if we can agree that it is only through Christ that we can find salvation or have salvation, if it's only through Christ, I don't care. It's not about a denomination. You know who made denominations? It wasn't God. It was man. It was men who separated themselves from other men because they didn't agree. I'm mad at you, so I'm going to walk away and I'm going to start my own thing. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we should love one another. Love one another. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what building you go to. Matter of fact, it has no, it has no bearing on it whatsoever. If you are a child of God, you are part of a family. You should love one another. It's all about Christ. And the third thing, it is my duty to be loyal to the church. What I mean by that is we should be attending regularly. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Especially, and I'm shortening this up, but especially as we see the time drawing near. There should be, we should be wanting to go to church. It shouldn't be just going to church on Wednesday night. It shouldn't just be going Sunday morning, Sunday evening. It should be an everyday thing. We should want to be with each other. We should want to fellowship. We should want to hang out. We should want to dig into God's Word together as a family. The church. Not a brick and mortar building. And it also says that we that I will keep my membership in good standing. I will be faithful to the Word of God. I will be faithful to share the Gospel. These are the things that we do to keep us in good standing. It's not, I will attend on Sunday morning and I will send in my tithe. Yes, all that's important as well. But to be in good standing means we have to live out what the Word of God says. The Word of God says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We should be wanting to be together. That is the Gospel. And then the third thing, the third resolution, which again is three other things, that I vow to keep my mind concerning Christ and my relationship with Him. Through Christ, 
Only is there salvation. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. John 14.6 Jesus speaking Himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man can come to the Father but by Me. It's all about Jesus. Christ was sinless and therefore my example. These are things that I have to keep remembering myself. These are the resolutions I'm making to God that He will work through me and remind me. 2 Peter 2, 21 and 22 says, For what glory is it if when ye were buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if... When you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. And then thirdly, I am not my own, but I belong to Christ. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. And you are not your own, but you were bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you're a child of God this morning, if you've accepted the free gift of salvation, you are no longer your own. That old rotten just messed up, nasty, gnarly heart that we had that caused us to want to sin, that caused us to want to be disobedient, that caused us to want to be prideful. All these things, that heart was taken away. It was replaced with a new heart, a heart of Christ, a heart of love, a heart of wanting to do what's right. We are no longer our own. We have been bought with the price. I say this carefully because God will never force Himself upon anybody. But to be honest with you, if we are children of God, we no longer want to do our own will. We want to do His will. In conclusion, these resolutions were, will greatly enrich your life. I know that just over the last five days, I mean, my, like I said, my wife and I, we've made a resolution that... We're going to, I'm actually reading the Bible chronologically, and I think my wife is also, over the next year. But I've also made a commitment, and I'm trusting God for this, because if y'all know anything about me, I've got ADD, ADHD, S-U-B-S-T-R-A-C-T. Um, I've got it all. And when I make a commitment to read my Bible, like I've made a commitment that I want to read the New Testament in different translations in a 30-day period. So, last month, last month, starting in December, I actually read the New Testament in the King James. This month, I'm reading it in the ESV. Next month, I'll probably be reading it in New American Standard. But I want to read the New Testament, those 27 books of the Bible, in one month. It may not seem like that hard because it's 30 days, it's 27 books. But I tell you, for somebody who gets distracted very easily, it is very hard. I cannot do it without God. So I make a vow, I make a resolution, I commit it to God. 
And through God's help, through God's hand, through God's will, I will fulfill that resolution. Not on my own power, but on His power. This morning, I ask you, is there any challenges, any resolutions, any vows that you would make before God and trust Him to help you keep them? It may be something as simple as reading your Bible. It may be something as simple as saying a prayer. It may be something as simple as saying good morning to somebody you're not the best friends with. I'd almost say that you're enemies with. Is that something that you would be willing to do today and trust God to fulfill? This is only for you. It's, it's not for you to answer because it's between you and God. But one thing I will ask you, and, and this is something that, that is on my heart, will you make the ultimate resolution, that ultimate vow, and trust God this morning for your salvation? If this morning you, you would like to make that vow, that promise, accept that free gift, then this morning as we close out in song, I, I pray that this morning you will call out to Him. We know according to Romans 10, 13, that the Bible says that whosoever, that means you, me, us, anybody and everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, will you be saved? Let us pray. Father God, this morning as I come before you yet again, Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, I thank you that, Lord, I know that in me there is no good thing. And Father, within me there is no strength, there is no power to do anything in this life save you living through me, Lord. So this morning I pray right now that we can all claim you as our Savior this morning, Lord God. I pray this morning, Lord, that as we look to your word, that you will grow us. Father, I ask that you search our hearts this morning. If there's anyone here this morning that does not know you as their personal Savior, Father, I pray that you will tug their hearts this morning. That this morning that it will be the day that they come to know you because your word tells us that today is the day of salvation, Father. You don't guarantee us our next breath. Father, I just pray for those that need you today. Father, if... If there's any sin, any iniquity within us, Lord, that is hindering our relationship, I pray again, Lord, that you would just reveal it to us that we may, with your grace, with your mercy, with your power, Lord God, be bold and strong enough to confess it to you and then expect you to cleanse us and make us right. Father, this morning I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please turn just inside.